Welcome to the Before Midnight podcast coming to you from the N plus one studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Word, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. How's it going on this beautiful day there, Brian? How's Labor Day today, isn't it? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It was a rough weekend for my teams, man. We went to a St. X football on Friday, which is my high school. I took my son, one of my friends I hadn't met in a while. Uh-huh. took my son, we went to the football game. It was, uh, he didn't seem to enjoy it because my, my friend has, his youngest son is about a year older than Alex, so they kind of hung out a little bit. And mm-hmm. He had a couple friends, and we, we went to the game, and my team got down early. They came back and then lost in like the last minute. They came oh. up short trying to score. That's painful. <laughs> yeah, that Aww. was pretty painful. We went out to eat. It was a good time, though. We had, a, we had a, Alex really enjoyed it. He's willing to go back to a football game, although it was a little long for him. I was find good, football though. pretty long myself. And so last night, a Florida State fan, they took Notre Dame to overtime and Aww. they were you know, eight or nine point underdogs in that game and really came back from 18 down, tied it up, got to overtime. and then, yeah. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, it was a tough time for my... But that's okay, because do you know what all this means? What does this mean? Football is back. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can watch football again. It's great because we had both TVs on over the weekend. We were watching football. It was great. It was good for good for that to be back. <laughs> well, I'm glad Alex is enjoying watching it too because I know that would be heartbreaking if he didn't. Well, his team lost because he's a Clemson fan. Well, yeah, but I mean, at least he likes watching it though. He does like what? He does kind of like watching it. He'll He kind of tunes in and out. Mm-hmm. He'll have his tablet on and watch you and kind of watch the game a little go to <laughs> he's usually there for the yeah. parts of the game where exciting things but a lot yeah. of times he misplays and turn around and be like wait what just happened <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch the whole game it's a it's a little long for his attention i think yeah because yeah that's that's kind of long like i can barely sit through a two-hour movie i can't imagine sitting through a three-hour football game sorry <laughs> oh maybe, no it's maybe that's no, why i don't, I don't watch, watch football. football yeah he will he'll watch for a little bit and then he kind of zones out and he'll come back and a little I guess it depends on the game. Yeah. The last Super Bowl, he. Well, that's good. The 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 like the Clemson Georgia game was exciting, like three, <laughs> which is pretty low scoring. Oh three. yeah. The college. Football. Yeah. Huh. So he didn't, he got bored with that one. Did something else, even though it was his favorite team, favorite college. Which is why is that his favorite college team? Because they're because they're, they're orange. Okay. And they're good. I mean, yeah. they're they won two championship top five team. Makes me sad because. <laughs> Well, he's game. smart. You know, he goes for the ones that win and wear orange. Yeah, he's very much, uh, he likes the team, which that makes sense. What fun is it to follow a team that all the time? <laughs> yeah, gets <laughs> yeah, a little depressing get after a while. It's, it's much better when your team wins 80, 90% of the time because when you watch, their chances of winning are really high, and that's a lot of fun. What's the baseball movie where they were, like, so bad? Major League? Yes, there we go. That was a great. Movie. That was a great movie. My That's favorite cool. line is was the guy sitting in the outfield, and he's like, he the ball gets hit, and he's like, it's too high, it's too high, and it like flies over their head. <laughs> the guys like look at him like, and the guy goes, no, it's the angle, the angle. <laughs> it's like, you're an idiot, dude. It went like over our heads, home run. <laughs> he was like, it's too high, it's not going to get out. <laughs> oh my god. Some good stuff. That was a that was a pretty funny movie. The second one was terrible. The first one. Was oh yeah, the second one was horrible. The first one was great though. The first one was, yeah. was pretty funny. The winners is always a fun story, especially yes. when it's a comedy. Yes. Yeah. No, that was a good one. What's going on in the world? Wonderful world of soccer for you guys. We played a game on Sunday. Alex was the goalkeeper the whole time. Because he was the starting goalkeeper. He was out for the holiday weekend. Oh. He did okay. 
He let in some goals. He did okay. It's a work in progress. Goalie mm-hmm. is. I was a little disappointed because I was kind of hoping to watch him in some back. He's gotten good at it. We, we talked about a couple things to improve on it, and I was kind of hoping to mm-hmm. see what that would look like in a game. Instead, he played. <laughs> I was on recess duty accidentally the other day and uh, when he was out there. <laughs> it's amazing to watch those kids on the playground, just saying, because got about 15 kids, all different levels. Nobody's playing it, you know, with a, a few you know, your son and a couple of his teammates also playing the same game with younger kids and kids that don't know how to play. And then there's girls just kind of walking through and frisbees flying and they never collided. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. I mean, I keep on going, oh my God, I'm going to be filling out accident reports out the wazoo when these kids crash. But they are so aware of where they are and who's around them. It's really remarkable to watch. I thought Alex said he wasn't going to play anymore. Too many kids and people in the way and stealing the ball. And Well, that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> for the end. And they've, that blacktop area, you know, it's a pretty long area. Well, they've. But it's pretty small, too. But they've turned it so that the goals are on the short side. So they really don't have very much room to, so that, other, because there's so many kids out there, right. they've got to keep the soccer game a little bit smaller. And uh, so it kept on bleeding over into the basketball and the Frisbee and stuff. But it, it was just wild to watch how good they all were. I mean, even the kids that weren't very good at soccer, that nobody crashed. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, you know, the kids that were spacing out, that were walking through the middle of the game, da-da-da-da-da. No, no problems. It was wild. <laughs> I was impressed. I, your son, though, I was like, he missed like three goals. I'm like, all right, I got to tell your dad you got to work on it. And he gets real sloppy at times, especially yeah. when he's not focused. He makes a lot of bad touches. You'll see it when he, they do kind of their drills and stuff. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. He knows how to execute. He's just he does he loses focus. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a mistake. Mistakes happen. I get that. Yeah. Sometimes you can just. But tell I was it's just like, like, okay, you were off by maybe four inches. You know, I mean, that was such a that should have gone in. You know, if you had paid just a tiny bit more attention that's no big deal i mean they just don't I mean, that's fun. that's what kids do they it, it's it's just interesting to watch them do drills when i'm not coaching and you can kind of st- sit and watch it from afar mm-hmm. you're coaching you're close and you don't see everything you see when you're way off the field because you can kind of watch from a distance a little bit more and you got all these kids that are pretty good but they just just lose focus they get sloppy they send it all over the place mm-hmm it's got to be frustrating for the coach because it's frustrating for me because it's like, guys, if you all could just focus a little bit and concentrate and, and make these touches good, you will get so much better so much quicker. I guess that's what kids do, though. That's, yeah, I mean, it's what kids do. They'll get there. They will get there. <laughs> we had our uh, first cross-country meet. That was kind of fun because I haven't been able to do any practices, so I've had the kids kind of practicing on their own, and it was interesting. <laughs> this one kid... He's running down the hill. I'm like, go, go, go. He turns to look, big, huge smile. I think he was talking to people the entire time that he was running. One kid learned my lesson, told him they were doing chip timing now. So I said, you've got to run over the blue mat at the finish. This little boy is in first grade. <clears throat> Forgot to tell me he had to stop after the blue mat. <laughs> he apparently kept on running for a ways until somebody caught him. Told him he could stop running. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Things you forget you need to tell a six-year-old. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about cross-country is 
until you practice for any length of time, there's really not much you can do as a coach. Nope. Because it takes a month or two to build any fitness. Right. Those first two months, I, I don't understand why they have meets other than, I guess, for the kids who are older and have been running for a while to sharpen up for big races at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, these are just, you know, we're just going to fun meets. This is, we're not being, you know, these are not the big Saturday meets or anything like that. This is just the county stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm very disappointed that I cannot do it the way it should be done. But the kids are happy. The parents are happy. They're getting to run a little bit. You know, we did a practice today. And I think I had four kids show up out yeah. of the 14 that are on the team. I mean, it's Labor Day. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's just giving, giving them an Especially in the early part of the day. We're supposed to have soccer practice tonight. Mm-hmm. You'll get a lot more kids for the night practice during the day. Especially yeah. if people are out of town. Because they'll come back this afternoon if right. they're out for something. I mean, it was just, yeah. I mean, it's running. And it's sort of, okay, have them, have them run at home. But I wanted to be able to get them out on the course so that I could talk to them a little bit about strategy on it. Just because it is a tough course. But yeah. It was fun. Anyway. All right. Well, we were going to talk a little bit about races today and kind of how to sort of evaluate what our races have looked like and the things that we would like to put or like to try to change or fix or not have happen again. Yeah. We talked about, I guess I, I was doing the mojo last week and we talked about kind of what happened in the race. But what we really have never really talked about is how do you evaluate a race after the fact that's something we've not really talked about it's like okay we've raced some good things happened some things happened that negatively affected our time what do we how do we evaluate a race generally i will break it into categories like you do for the race you've got the pre-race what happened did i get everything set up properly for the race did I have enough time to get everything set up and mm-hmm. do all the things I want to do before a race? If not, why? And are those things something that could have been foreseen and checklisted for future races? Or is it just stuff that's just out of your control? Right. Like in this race, the guy telling me I had to put bar in the back <laughs> of my TT. Oh, by box. the way, I do have those on mine. I have caps on mine. You had caps on them? Mm-hmm. We could have found you a set of caps. Well, there's, I actually sawed them down, so the caps that come with them didn't don't fit on it. Oh. Uh, I had to shorten. I mean, that's what you do a lot of times oh, with bars. You, that's for me, right. I wanted to shorten them so they didn't stick out. Right. Like those bars have like a zero chance of causing me any damage I, whatsoever if I wreck. Unlike maybe the bullhorn one. But that was something that I really couldn't have anticipated. There's really not a lot I could have done to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, going forward, I'll just keep the duct tape on the bars, and if they fall out more, <laughs> have electrical tape in. Maybe, your back. maybe clean it up. I, I usually do carry like the thing, so that's that's yeah. cool too. Yeah, I'll just at some point I may pull off what he put on there, and now when in the daylight because it was dark, he yeah. was just kind of taping it up. Maybe clean it up, make it look a little better. Yeah. If you do that, they'll. I, no one will ever see it or say anything in the future right. about it one way. Those are things that I consider things outside of your control <laughs> right. to some extent. Well, you know, things that happen during uh, check-in or, you know. Right. Because if, you know, if you get there late, the line may be really long to check-in. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't go the day before for packet pickup. Right. you got to make sure you're getting there early. Maybe you didn't get there early and the lines got real long for packet pickup. Could I have gone the day before and gotten packet 
Well, we had things going on that my son had a birthday Louisville until three and pack a pickup close to four. Yeah. Yeah. There was no way for me to get pack a pickup that day. I always think back to the first time when we did that race up in Williamstown, that the race that you don't ever speak of, but just the, the logistics of that race with the two transition areas and everything. I mean, there was no way for us to know how long it was going to take to do all that. It was crazy. Yeah, we barely made it to the start of the race. I remember getting off the bus and getting down there, and I was immediately in the water. Yeah. I, yeah, because the guys went first, right? That one? Yeah, I think so. So y'all had another 10 minutes, but yeah. we had to just roll yeah, in there Yeah, I mean, we were sitting there waiting for the bus, and like, okay, is there time to go to a portage on? No. You know, it, it, there was no way for us to predict. Yeah, we barely, that. we caught the last bus, I think, that would have, if we'd made the next bus, I don't think we would have... <laughs> Made the start of that race, or at least I wouldn't have. You might have, being a little bit behind. Well, the next year when I went, I knew all that, and so I was able to plan for it much, much better. Yeah, you can plan for it in advance, and you can look for it. So these are the things, you know, before a race, did I, was I able to set up, was I able to do the things I want to do Mm -hmm. pre-race, go to the bathroom, have some time to just chill out and relax, those things. Mm -hmm. If not, why? What can I do in the future to revolve it? Or was it something that was just outside of my control? Mm-hmm. Like they have trouble with who knows what. Maybe they're checking everything on coming into the transition area. They're slow. It's backed up 50 bikes. Takes you forever to get in. Right. You maybe forgot something at the car that was just... The official was running late and, you know, not <laughs> checking everybody. I mean... Or you, know. you forgot something at the car. Your car was a mile away. You had to go back and get it and bring it back. Those things can happen in a race... The question is, is that something I can, the question I ask is, is it something I can control? Mm-hmm. Like if I dropped something at the car, yeah, that probably was something I control. Yeah. My checklist was incomplete for the race. Okay, now I need to take those things and add them to my checklist. Now when I go to the race next time, my checklist is better. Mm-hmm. Generally what I do with a race, when I look at a race, is like, okay, what are the things that can affect me negatively that I encounter? Some things you can think about and some things you can't. The things that you can't, well, the things that you can, you put into a checklist form of like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. Make sure I have these things. Make sure I get here by then. This is all part of my pre-race routine and checklist. Well, then I need to add maybe those things. Make sure I have my helmet. Well, I mean, the helmet a lot of times is separate from everything else. You'll have a bag with everything in it, but your helmet might be off to the side for whatever reason. You don't pull it out of your car. It gets mm-hmm. left there. All of a sudden, you're back in transition. That seems my to be helmet? the one thing that people forget, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I understand how it happens because it do, the, most of the time your helmet doesn't fit in your bag. Yeah, I guess I'm lucky. Mine does. So, I mean, I guess I don't look at things differently than you do, but I want to make sure I have all of the absolute vital stuff first. Like, what is the bare minimum that I need in order to get this done. And then I might start thinking of all the extra stuff, I guess. Well, I have a checklist with everything on it. I make sure that whole checklist is done before I leave the house on the trip Mm -hmm. with everything in it. Generally, everything I need goes into my race bag. The only thing that isn't is the helmet, because it's a long stem helmet, and I've got got a mat that I have that Mm -hmm. doesn't fit in there long to fit in my, my race bag. Everything else I make sure is in it. Everything I need. Does your wetsuit fit in your bag? Yes. Okay. Everything fits in that bag. So it's not a problem for me to have that checklist. But then I'll also have a checklist of like, what are the things I need to do that day? I may not bring it with me, but that's part of your maybe visualization for a race. Mm -hmm. What am I going to be doing pre-race? What is that going to look like? 
if you've been to a race before, you should be able to visualize everything. Yeah, yeah. Things generally don't change that much in a race. Check-ins, where the transition is, where the start of the race is, where it finishes, where the transitions flow. That stuff stays the same. Maybe your position and it changes, right. but everything else stays the same. So if you're in a second race, second time you've done a race, you should be able to pre-visualize your whole routine. If you've never been in a race before, you kind of have to make it up and be more generic with it. Generally, I will go over the things I need to set up. I, if, if I've never been to a site before, I'm going to picture my space next to the bike. Do I have everything in place for the race, the bike computer, stuff like that? I can right. visualize that. I may not be able to visualize my surroundings, but I can at least visualize what I'm doing at this mm-hmm. point in time to put myself in mode to be ready. Okay, we get, through this, we get to the start of the race, my race. I forgot to start my watch. <laughs> Oops. That is a combination of things. One, I haven't raced in a while. Two, I have a tendency to maybe chat with the people around me as my way to, I guess, relax before a race. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but a lot of times I'll just talk to the I person next to me. I, I really should be a lot more focused than that. It happens. I find myself chatting with somebody. Next thing you know, you're ready to go off the dock, and all those things you thought about doing before the race aren't done. Right. That's a failure of preparation on my part. That is something I can control. That's something I got to add to my checklist when I get into a race that I'm ready. I got my all my technology ready to go. I did get the bike computer started on the bike. That's Before good. I left transition. So that part made it into that part of the routine. I did <laughs> You got that done. data in. Yeah. <laughs> you go through the swim. My swim was really good. The only negative thing that, negative is not the right word. The only thing that was a problem with the swim, and it didn't affect my time. It was more of a, a pain issue. <laughs> <laughs> Your wetsuits, it's been probably two, three years since I've worn a wetsuit. Right. I mean, it had been probably a year before the last race. <laughs> Even since the last time I raced before I've worn a wetsuit, I, yeah. I just don't wear them that often. I avoid races with wetsuits right? because I don't like to race in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, usually, I, the only time I end up with re- wetsuits are kind of those borderlines, like that May-June race that's early and it never quite warmed up, so the water's cold, but everything else is warm. Right. Or you're at that September where the day is warm, but it had been cool at night and the right. water gets a little colder. Yep. Those, are my, those are the only times I end up with a wetsuit. It's been a while since I've worn a wetsuit. I probably should have been better prepared for it. I It took me a while to get it zipped up. I, I probably should have said, had someone help me. I fiddled with it long enough to get it up. My mistake was I didn't get the, the flap that covers the Velcro completely encased. Right. Big chunk of that Velcro was rubbing on my neck every time I sighted. Not just like a little edge. I'm talking about like the whole mat. <laughs> My, my flat may even come off. Oh, wow. It was bad. I, I mean, I a, got rubbed on mine, but not as I had a, bad as I had you. a postage stamp size scab on the a, back of my neck. Mine was long and thin, so I'm not sure why. You probably I, had an edge. And I, I mean, and I, I knew it when I was swimming, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to pay for that later. And I had even bought blister band-aids to put on my neck because I know that happens in that wetsuit, but I didn't, didn't put it on a checklist. Didn't do it. This is where... Those are things you're like, okay, so now my next race, I'm going to add to my mental checklist or my script, because I should have a script written out, mm-hmm. ideally for racing. I'm going to add in that if it's a wetsuit, that I'm going to, because I knew this race had a chance to be wetsuit legal going into it. I, was, I wouldn't take my wetsuit. Yeah. Um, I need to add in that, hey, have someone check over to make sure your wetsuit 
have someone who's standing around you check on your wetsuit. I yeah. was a little hesitant to do that because I was afraid someone's going to freak out and be like, I can't touch you because of COVID or something like that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I kind of fiddled with myself instead of asking someone else. Yeah. To, to help me in that situation. That was I've got a, a, something, a, a suggestion. For, when I talked before races, because I'll talk to anybody, and we, like, I mean, we had 139 women in my wave up in uh, Milwaukee, and it was like, okay, everybody got their watch. I mean, we actually, like, all talked through our checklist. Oh. I mean, there was one lady that came super late, and I was helping her get into her wetsuit, so I was checking her, the flap on her. I should have had her check mine yeah. on the wetsuit. <laughs> that was a mistake. So. Well, that's where the whole thing comes in. Yeah, just sort of. Yeah, so, women are like that a little better than you guys, I think. Yeah, you know, so I'm looking at the race. You know, Was there something that happened in the swim? If the water, did I, how did I do siding? You know, that I, I did good with siding. You know, maybe I had some issues with siding. Maybe my goggles fogged up. Things can happen in swim. Maybe I got kicked. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone grabbed me and it threw me off, and I got mad or something like that. None of that stuff happened to me this time. I had a that's good. I had a decent. I had a good swim where I was able to keep my cadence through. I was very happy there. Nothing in that swim was negatively affected my time. Mm-hmm. I think I had to sight once or twice. That would be the only thing where I stopped and did a breaststroke for feel for where I was. Mm-hmm. Mainly because the way back in, it's not out and back straight. They kind of angle away. Okay. The exit's about 75, 80 yards to the side of where you go in. Oh, okay. So the sighting's a little different on the way back. On the yeah. way back, yeah, you're not really trying to hit those buoys back to the start. You're wanting to angle off somewhere okay. in the process. Yeah. And I had to stop a couple times and make sure I was going kind of where I wanted to go. Right. That would be the only thing that was probably negatively affecting my time in that swim and that's just stuff that happens in a race i i don't consider that anything i could have prepared yeah. for or done any differently that's just the way races are swim was good come out you go to the transition area again did i go through the transition properly did i hit everything did i miss something no everything was good the sunglasses went on the helmet went on grabbed the bike and left if i'm looking at a what affected my time negatively i I sat there for a second or two before I picked the bike up and just kind of regrouped after the swim. I, in an ideal world, you don't do that. You, you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you suck it up and you go. But for whatever reason, it's been a while since I've raced. I was just kind of regrouping for like one or two seconds. It's a second or two loss. Not a big deal in the grand scheme. Right. For the most part, though, it was a solid transition. I, I'm, you're happy with that. It went as expected by script. We're good. Get out on the bike. The bike computer doesn't sync with my power meter. That was the big thing we talked about right. last week from a race. Was that something I could have foreseen? Was that something within my control? Not really. No one sits there and turns their bike computer on and hits go, walks away for an hour or two, and then comes back and, and pedals their bike again. I yeah. had no way of really knowing that that was going to happen. I mean, in, in theory, yeah, I could have. Again, now it goes on my script. I, I probably won't start my bike computer like I may not even turn it on until I get on the bike next time. Yeah. Just to, and just get it started as you well, go Well, hopefully down your mental notes will say that you have turned on your watch, so you'll have that data. So if you, you have that data. Mm-hmm. That negatively affected me on the bike because I went out too hard. Would that, would I have known if I had my power meter? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. I have no way of knowing yeah. if that was what caused me to go too hard on the bike. Don't know. Just don't know. I don't have the data for Because normally when I come in and you come back from a race, it's like when I look at my data from it, I'm going to be looking at my power data and say, did I hold my power at whatever that number was throughout? Or did I have like a 
15% fall off at the end where telling me I went out too fast. Mm-hmm. So I generally you're going to evaluate the data for a bike, like your heart rate. Did you stay within a heart rate zone? Did you get too high on it? Mm-hmm. Heart rate's a little bit harder on the bike than, yeah. than power data. But with power data, I was like, okay, I can actually evaluate the physical data to see how I did and figure out what happened. Did I go out too hard? Was I just not on that day? Was my fitness low coming into the race? Those are things you can kind of look at and then kind of reverse engineer. What can I have done better to hit it? You know, maybe you hit the numbers. You, you, you keep it consistent throughout. It may be a little lower than you wanted, but you hit it throughout. That's right. a good bike. I can evaluate. And then I can go, okay, why did I do this? What did I do wrong? If you go out too hard, like which is what happened to me, why did you go out too Is that something you can control? Were you just chasing people? Were mm-hmm. you just weren't mentally focused? Or did your, like in my case, I guess my perceived exertion didn't match what I thought it should Mm -hmm. because my bike computer failed. Technologies can fail. Technology can fail everything. That's why you should never rely on technology in a race. Anyway. (laughs) Because it can always fail. Was that something that was within my control? Yes. I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure next time I race, next time I get into training blocks for races, I have a much better idea of what my perceived exertion is compared to power. Power. Mm -hmm. Now me, I just need to check the brakes on my bike. (laughs) Yeah. Well, or, or st- when something's wrong, when I can tell something's wrong, just take the time Stop to fix and it. Look. Stop and fix and fix it, because I would have had a much much better run and rest of my bike had I just stopped and fixed that. Just stopped and fixed it. Yeah. Again, but that's like something that wasn't really outside in, inside of your control. Now your ability to stop and fix stop it. Stop and was, fix it was. But the reality of like something happening. Like yeah. No, there was, that was out of my control. Those yeah, are things that are outside of your control. You know, really, when I evaluate something like that, my evaluation comes down to how did I handle that event? Mm-hmm. Did I get mad? You know, at the end of the day, my bike was too hard. I knew it was too hard. I went easier on the second lap. I got into the run. I I didn't have good pop. Did I get mad at myself? No. I continued to run and execute my right. run. That, to me, is a successful race. Maybe things didn't go properly in the bike, but I was able to not compound the issues by getting mad. This was not a closed course. That means there were a lot of cars on the road. In the second lap, I got behind some cars. Everything slowed up. Right. Previous years, I would get mad at the cars. Just like, come on, guys. Let's move. Get out of the way. We're, we're, we're racing here. <laughs> this time, I just, here. I was like, okay, well, we'll just chill out. We'll draft behind the cars. We'll get up close to them. We'll draft behind them. We'll take it easy and use it as a break. Mm-hmm. That's a properly executed thing because it was something I couldn't control. And I didn't get mad at it. Mm-hmm. That's how I begin to evaluate races. What is under my control and did I handle it as best I could mm-hmm. given the situation? Yeah, I put myself in good positions for cornering because I know that cornering, I don't have a pure TT. I'm running a road aero bike. It's not as aerodynamic as a TT bike, so it's not as fast. But if I'm picking up 10, 5, 6 seconds in each corner, I'm more than make up for any... Yeah. Disadvantages I have from aerodynamics on on bikes. I put myself in position to execute every corner at high speeds. I wiped out any potential negatives I would have had from aerodynamics. Mm -hmm. Again, that was well executed. We come in. T2 was good. It didn't take me too long to get my shoes on. Go out in the run. I hit my pace. I maintain that pace. I don't try to force myself into a faster pace Mm -hmm. because I'm like, wow, I'm running slow. 
do you try to push yourself harder? That would have been a huge mistake. Right. I would have paid for that on the back end of the race, <laughs> trying to get up to speed where right. I think I can run because I would have just blown up and it would have been all over. That was a good decision making. So when I'm evaluating this, I'm like, okay, the run wasn't what I wanted. Why? Well, the bike probably, it may or may not have gotten it. Maybe I just had a bad day. The bike, I know I was probably a little too hard in that first lap. Mm -hmm. It probably affected my run negatively. Okay. So now I have to think back like, okay, this bike is an important part of your race. You have to figure out how you're going to put all three of these together. Yep. That just makes that bike decisions and training that much more important because it did affect my, my run negatively. Oh, I know my bike affected my run negatively. When my quad started hurt, I mean, yeah. it was like, okay, there's, yeah. Going going into the run after that, I went into the run knowing I was more tired than I normally would have been. So I took it easy. Yeah. It's just, okay, I'm just going to run. Didn't want to blow up, you know, just ran as best as I could and not get upset about it. It's like, okay, this is where I am. This is what I've got. Go forward. Yeah. Next time, check the brakes. You know, I go into the run, I hold my pace. We talked about this I, throughout, for the most part. Yeah. I stayed within my pace, yeah. whatever I was doing. I finished at my limit. The last half kilometer, I pushed up to the limit. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was a well-executed race. Yeah. It was slow for me, relatively 48 and a 10K. is not very fast for me. Yeah. I'm 45 range. Yeah, I knew that was slow when I saw the it was. It was a well-executed run. Now... What were some other things that happened in the run? Well, I had a huge blister. Again, we talked about this on it. Yeah. You know, that was what, was that something I can control in the race? No, that was something, again, that was before the race, I needed to make sure my shoe was better fit. I actually did run a couple times barefoot, but I didn't really realize, you don't run enough. That's the real challenge. I needed to pay better attention when I did run a couple times barefoot before the race to make sure my foot wasn't moving in the sh- What happened was... Oh, with the, no socks when you said yeah, barefoot. Yeah, no socks. Okay. Barefoot. Okay. Well, yeah, without socks. You, my foot, I, I just didn't tighten the bottom part of the f- shoe mm-hmm. and my foot moved around too much. That's what caused the blister on the bottom. And, you know, that's just something that I need to be aware of. Next time I can add that to my prep for racing, put that on my list of things I prep is... Make sure the shoe fits snugly and is ready to go before you go into race day. Because usually the way I will do it is I'll make sure it fits, or ideally you make sure it fits. Then right. you loosen the top because it's a, a it's draw. The, the, draw, the elastic thing. You have yeah. an elastic draw thing. I usually loosen the top so I can get that shoe open and get my foot right. in. And then you just tighten the, the top part and go. problem was the bottom had loosened up and mm-hmm. it had been a year or so since I raced. That's probably why it loosened up. It's just sitting there. Yeah. She was just sitting there. <laughs> I made the same mistake with mine because I hadn't worn those shoes since the last time I raced and I didn't practice in them. And that was a big mistake. And I got blisters all over the tops of my toes. Yeah. I knew it though. It was sort of, well, oh, well, I'll just deal with this later. Well, all, my, my race shoes, I've, I wear like, I've worn like seven times. Yeah. They're the same. They're the lighter version of the Newtons right. that I have been training in. Well, mine too. I mean, that, that's the only time I wear them is when I do triathlon. It's like, oh, I guess I should probably wear those other <laughs> I did practice in them a little before the race. Yeah. I, I was you a did little more prepared. Than just, it didn't quite work out. Yeah. That's how I go about evaluating your race. It's not just a... You can't just go, oh, the times were bad. This race sucked. I was blah, blah, blah. Well, my training was bad, or I just I did whatever. There's a lot of things that go into a race that you got to evaluate. You got to think of a race as a process. How can I improve the process of getting to race day? 
how can I improve the process on race day? Because most things that happen to you on race day, a lot of times they're outside of your control. Mm-hmm. Like my bike computer not syncing, the guy not letting me in the transition. Those are things I can't control on race day. Right. All I can do is how do I deal with those issues as I go along? Because that's what triathlon racing is about for an amateur athlete. We're not getting paid to race. What we're trying to figure out is how do we race in a way where we have given our best effort. Mm-hmm. And you've got to think of it in the process terms. You've got to think about it like, okay, it wasn't negative that someone cut me off on the bike or there were cars. It's something that happens in the race. Right. How do I deal with that? What's the process of dealing with it? Not worrying about, oh my gosh, that cost me 10 seconds on the bike or 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Because mm-hmm. the time isn't, there's so many things on race that it's you gone can't control anyway. the time. Yeah. I mean, it's gone. So right. what are you going to do next? The question is, is, did I execute the process? And when I look at a race, it's like, okay, what are the things that negatively affected my time? Were those things that you can control, the things you can work on? And a lot of times the question is yes. I just need to make sure the next time I come in, I'm, I'm better prepared for those things that I didn't prepare for. Mm-hmm. The things I can't control are the things you can't control. You, you, just, you let those go. There's, there's nothing you can do about those. Yeah. But there are things that I can control for next time, and I need to either add them to my scripts or modify my training to be mm-hmm. able to incorporate those things so they don't occur again. Because that's really what we're trying to do in racing is the things you can control, keep them from happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make the same mistake. You know, the same mistake happens, but you don't want it to happen race back-to-back or three or four races in a row. If it happens five years later, yeah, you okay. forgot. <laughs> yeah, you, you forgot about it. Or two it, years later in our case. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah, you're five or six years later down the road, you make the same mistake. A lot of times that's because you're you went away from your script or you took things for granted. Yeah. That just tells me I need to go back and, and reevaluate, make sure I, I, I'm doing everything and not just skipping yeah. over it because I've well, I've raced fifty five times. Why do I need to practice transitions? I've done it for yeah a gazillion this is times. No big deal. Yeah. That's when you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Again, a second time. Mm-hmm. So I get the second. You just can't have it happen race after race because yeah. you didn't prepare for it. Because once it happens, it shouldn't happen again, at least for a year or two, those same mistakes. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Lots to think about. All right. Well, if you're looking for a coach, check us out at go3sport.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.